Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Spokesperson for the American College of Emergency Physicians. She's Dr. Lee. And the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Hi, and welcome back to the show, Health from the Outside In. Now, a very important topic in women's health is ovarian cancer. It's uh, the silent killer because often by the time there are symptoms, it's too late and it's metastasized. So there's always a big issue with screening and how do we do it. My next guest uh, is an esteemed researcher on early detection of ovarian cancer, Dr. Stephen Skates, and uh, he is going to talk to us about this landmark study in the UK on screening. So welcome, Dr. Skates. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so, you know, this is an issue. I mean, it, it comes in the news. People like, you know, Angelina Jolie, you know, her mother died of it. And we know about these hereditary forms of it, which in essence, I used to say, oh, well, you know, those are kind of the lucky people because they know they have a risk. They know yes. they need to be watched. But yet, uh, this is a, a, uh, a prevalent, a deadly cancer in older women usually, and usually by the time we find it, it is too late. Isn't that true? That's that's absolutely correct. Yeah, about three quarters of the time, uh, ovarian cancer is found after it's spread beyond the ovaries, and in that situation, it's uh, very difficult to to cure and to treat well. So um, that that that's the um, impetus for our our 30-year program in trying to understand whether early detection actually has an impact on ovarian cancer mortality. Right. And the the other issue, you know, this is an internal cancer. So there are, you know, screening, you know, you can feel a lump in a breast sometimes, whether that's too late or not is up for debate also. But, uh, you know, bleeding in your bowels or, you know, it's easier to do screening tests. I mean, this was a difficult one to, to, to do screening tests on. Absolutely, yeah. The, um, the there is some evidence that uh, that, that symptoms do that uh, uh, occur prior to clinical detection, um, but uh, there's no, not been any studies uh, using that technique. Uh, this is a, this study that we've used as a blood test, uh, and we uh, took a different approach than what has been used in the past. Um, in the past, there was a uh, level set for that blood test for everyone, a standard level, and if you're above it, then you're considered positive. Um, and, and this is the CA125, right? It is, yeah. So so we, we took a different approach than uh, in using the CA125. We essentially established a baseline for each woman. Each woman seems to have her own particular level and and, and fluctuations about that level. And what we did was develop a method for looking at uh, her baseline and finding uh, the first indication, the first uh, significant sign that, that had increased um, above her baseline and her, flu- her background fluctuation levels uh, instead of having a, a set cut point for, uh, sorry, one cut point for everyone. So this, this is a way of personalizing the screening uh-huh. test. 
Right. And the other issue and what, you know, uh, the number crunchers and insurance companies in, in, in America, and I know we have different systems in the UK and the yeah. United States, but, um, is that, well, you know, there's other things that can cause a elevation in CA125. So you had to combine it with something else to like, specifically kind of hone in on, okay, we're looking for ovarian cancer and and fluctuations. Yes. So uh, a lot of the reasons for elevation of CA125 other than ovarian cancer occur in premenopausal women and have to do with disruptions in in the women's cycle. So this study that uh, we we embarked on um, 15 years ago was a study in uh, 200,000 postmenopausal women. And what we did was we then uh, followed up a positive blood test as defined by our, our serial levels of CA125 uh, with, an ultra, with a transvaginal ultrasound scan. And uh, once we saw something on the scan that looked uh, suspicious for ovarian cancer, then there was the consideration or referral to a, a gynecologic oncologist, a specialist surgeon who treats uh, female reproductive cancers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uh, led to uh, a number of operations, and um, those operations found uh, cancer earlier than what is found clinically. And then the question was in this big study was uh, half the women were screened, half the women were not. Did we find a reduction in ovarian cancer deaths um, in the screened arm compared to the control arm? And obviously you did, Correct. So um, it's it's actually interesting. Uh, the, the the standard analysis just looks at everyone, um, and uh, we found a 15% reduction. Now, given that uh, all the other studies had found a 0% reduction or no reduction, uh, th- this was encouraging. But we looked actually closer at the data, and women who have Uh, existing ovarian cancer but they don't know it when they enter the study they're unlikely to have screening find it uh, earlier than uh, than clinical symptoms if they've already got it but if if uh, you establish a baseline and then see a significant rise from that baseline then we found in those women uh, which we call incident cases cases that arise after the start of screening Mm -hmm. um, in those women which formed about 80 percent of the population we saw a, a, a 20% reduction. Um, and actually, if we looked at that even more closely, we found that um, this study uh, actually screened women for 11 years and then followed them for another three. So in, in total, it was a 14-year study. Mm-hmm. If we looked at uh, the first half of the study, there wasn't that big an effect. It was about an 8% reduction. But if we looked in the second half of the study, it was a 28% reduction. So there's a delayed effect of screening on ovarian cancer mortality, and that makes sense because we start uh, measuring time of survival when a patient enters a study uh, right from the first blood test, and right. it could be years before they get ovarian cancer, and then eventually the impact of screening doesn't show up until one uh, uh, until there's a differential in the, in the, in the deaths from ovarian cancer, maybe four or five years after that. So. There's a delayed effect. In that second half, we saw a 28% reduction uh, in ovarian cancer mortality. Uh, And so what we're hoping is that that 28% reduction uh, 
uh, continues on um, if we were to follow these women for longer. And, and that's the next step, to see if that 28% reduction continues on. So once you pass the data and look at it in, in specific subsets, so take out the ones, the women who are prevalent at the, t- at the, k- at, at right. start, of the uh, start of the study, um, and you uh, can do that by looking at their um, pattern of CA125. Mm-hmm. And then um, the 80% of women who are left who uh, have ovarian cancer um, develop during the study, they're, they're, they're the cases where we have enough uh, information to look for a significant rise and intervene early and have uh, an effect. So we, we're hoping that that 28% is borne out in further follow-up um, in, in three or four or five years' time. And, and that's, that's the, uh, hopefully, will be mm-hmm. the confirmatory stamp on this study uh, that um, says that, yes, this is a method that can actually reduce deaths from ovarian cancer. Yeah, and, and I think it's important. I mean, obviously, it makes sense because the younger women that do have it, they probably do have a family history, and it is something yeah. that increases over time with age. Um, and you're still following the same group. I imagine you're not uh, looking at the, once you saw there was a 28 reduction, you're not, ongoing study not screening women now, right? You're just that's, following that's the correct. screen. It, it, it's a matter of following these women up, right. uh, particularly the ones who had cancer uh, develop uh, and uh, comparing the, right. the control group who didn't have any screening to the group that did have screening. Well, this is a great study, important, and I hope we take heed in the United States and start to think about it. Uh, this is the Dr. Lee Van Oker Show, Health from the Outside In. Stay tuned into your health.